Hello, welcome to another episode of the POV Podcast. How are you, Jason? I'm doing fine, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's our first one we're actually recording this year. And, uh, we're here with my brother slash engineer of the podcast. Hello, friendos. <laughs> and uh, yeah, today we're going to be talking about the best of 2019. Yes. So um, what did you think of 2019 as a whole, Jason, at the cinema? Uh, it's not not amazing. Uh, kind of, when we kind of came into the year, I thought, ah, oh, yeah, we're going to be knocking out the park. A lot of good films coming up. But there's a bit of, bit of meh. Bit of... Yeah. There was uh, some big disappointments, some enormous disappointments with three heads. There was the big disappointment, which we will get to. And uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't like to shit on films, but unfortunately... It's got to be done. It's got <laughs> to be, be done, hasn't it? So uh, have you seen any good films this year so far before we get on to uh, our I'll... list? Yeah, uh, Jojo Rabbit, that was... Uh... A uh, fantastic film. It, it came out on first of January uh, in the UK. So, I think that uh, was the first film me and Will both saw this year, and the first oh, yeah. film that made us both cry this year. Oh, yeah. It the was. Film, I was. I think. What was it? I said to you when we got out of the cinema. Was it that it's in one breath, like uproariously hilarious, and then in the next breath, completely and earth-shatteringly sad, which is like, it, it takes a lot of skill to pull that off and make it feel not like it's come out of the blue. Personally, I'd give oh. that best film at the Oscars this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Not that However, the Oscars really matter. Some of the other films I have seen, <laughs> I've seen Little Women, ah. which is excellent. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, and then I thought, oh, you know what, I'll go and give it a go. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a nice film. <laughs> which is also really sad. All the good films I've seen this year have been really sad. I mean, and then you have... This year, the single most intense experience of all time, which, which was 1917. 1917. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, I kind of watched that last week as well, and uh, powerful. It was, yeah. it was exa- exhausting. <laughs> we won't get too much into it because I want people to go into it yeah, like so we did, not I, knowing anything. I'd seen one trailer for it, and I do genuinely think maybe the, the less you know going into that film, just the better. So, without further ado, actually, I want to go. What was the films uh, did you not like last year, Jason? Or that were a bit uh, disappointing? There wasn't like many films that I kind of hated, just um, I, I thought there were a lot of films that kind of overhyped. I probably will mention a couple, uh, probably, but uh, there's one that stars Joaquin Phoenix. Or, yeah. or, or, or did you or did you hate? You, you hated Joker I, as well, didn't you? You've seen me ranting on about it on Facebook and Twitter. I was very bored up until the last 25 minutes because throughout the whole film, you knew how it was going to end. And you knew what he was going to do with the TV yeah. show. And it was just blindingly obvious that he was just insane. We live in a society, the movie. And I just remember being really bored of it because he kept doing things where he'd just walk into his neighbour's room and just kiss her after she'd had a go at him for stalking her and stuff like that. And I was just like, hmm, there's going to be a twist with this like that. There it is. <laughs> the, the two clown-related films I saw last year were bitter disappointments. Oh yeah, I forgot about I, the other one. I will, I, I will agree with you. I, I, I did like it too, but yeah, I do agree that uh, compared to the first film, it, it's it, just the same film. And me and my brother, we laughed at bits we weren't sure we were meant to laugh at. Yeah, there were bits that I think were intended to me be like kind of you know the scary bits or like the psychologically sort of weird bits 
and I was I was just giggling. It was like the bit where he leaps off the statue after calling Bill Hader's character a fat boy, and I was just like, <laughs> oh, Bill Hader doesn't play the fat one. Oh wait, no. What is I don't it? know oh, who he calls, is. No, he calls him gay boy. Doesn't That's he? it. And it's like you can't really make um, a clone talking like this and then calling somebody a gay boy like seriously <laughs> scary because that's just 4chan. I know. What really annoyed me was, do you know the fat kid in the first one? Yeah. Ben Haskam, is he called? Yeah, at least How he, perfect he was. Yeah, at least he had some character in the first film. <laughs> I know. I, uh, yeah, but it just made me laugh when he was chasing after him and he was like, come on, fat boy. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, we've started this one off at really negative. Yeah, I, I think we can get the talk, negativity out of the way with first. It's supposed to be talking yeah, about yeah, the I, joy of 2019. To... I, I, I would like to mention just Lion King. Uh, oh, my oh, God. I that forgot. Was, that wasn't bad. It was that. just boring. True. Uh, it just seemed unnecessary. I, I, I went into it. I was like, let's keep it open more because I love the Lion King, the original. Um, I was like, I, let's have an open mind. You know, they might do something different, but it was just the, the, the exact same film. I know. Just it was shot for shot. There was only one up. shot of it that was live action as well. It's the sunrise, yeah, which is isn't it? That's the, sunrise the first bit, the yeah. yeah. What annoyed me was if you can't recast Mufasa, why bother remaking it? I know, yeah. Because <laughs> my favourite bit in the film was when you could tell James Earl Jones was just there for the paycheck. Because when he got killed, he didn't scream, he just went, ah. <laughs> one of the other things that just really sort of rubbed me up the wrong way in Lion King is like that really kind of cynical corporate style sort of almost token feminist moment that had me absolutely cringing and i'm not i'm not trying to appeal to the anti-feminists here those people can go and fuck themselves he totally i is. mean that kind of capitalistic sort of capitalizing on a movement to try and like kind of make people think oh <coughs> look how progressive is that and it's just that bit where the fucking beyonce line is like Let's go, girls! And it's like, oh god! I would have loved it if just going on to that, if she'd said that and it just went. Da, 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 da. Let's go, lionesses! <laughs> um, to be fair, there is a film in my top five films of 2019 which has a moment exactly like that. Yeah, but and we'll it, get oh, to yeah, that. Well, it all we'll depends on the execution. But this one did it well, I think. Even though it was obviously pandering. Yeah, it was. It was. It was ham-fisted. I, I think I know which which scene you're talking about, but. Uh, Another, my worst film of 2019 was Hellboy. Oof. I, I didn't watch it. I, I got bored. I had a day off work. I thought, let's go and watch it. I'll go and keep an open mind because it's got David Harbour and Ian McShane, who are both very good. And it was the biggest pile of wank I have ever seen. <laughs> I fell asleep five times during it. I haven't <laughs> seen it. So on I the Jason comment. scale. On the Jason scale? <laughs> but there is it's one failed. redeeming factor and that is David Harbour yeah he's just watchable as hell isn't he? he's just he is perfect for Hellboy but they should have just did a third one well and maybe just you're the one that everybody it. wanted with Ron Perlman and Guillermo del Toro mm. I mean as far as I'm concerned it seems like you can't really go wrong with Guillermo del Toro anyway no so... even when he's doing films about gigantic robots kicking the shit out of gigantic monsters <laughs> yeah, but that it's film's... still fun it's still good transformers with an alien i mean in what <laughs> true but nah, let's not be too generous it's a b-tech at best it's like <laughs> what is it it's um apologies for uh, you know any friends of ours who listen to this for reference one of my qualifications is also a b-tech i'm allowed to make that joke <laughs> as is mine it's, I did music production. I didn't feel like making money after I left uni. Don't That's why me and Jason it. did film degrees. <laughs> I'm going back for a did master's two film in a degrees. 
Oh, good stuff. Anyway, oh. so we've <laughs> gone through the... Actually, there was one huge disappointment for you, Will, wasn't there? Is Are you goading me here, Master Walton? Possibly. And I know Jason really liked this film, and I'm on the fence about it. Oh, I, oh. I really like this film. So um, much, I'll talk about I'll, it soon. <laughs> I'll, I'll try and... I'll try and... We'll get onto this later then, because I'm guessing it's part of your list. I'll moderate how I feel about it then, if that's the case. I don't, yes. I don't like to offend people. But, uh, yes, yeah, so now we've <laughs> sifted through the worst. Let's get on to the best. So, <laughs> Jason, <laughs> you're going to count down our top five films of last year. What is your number five film? Number five. Number five. Uh... Star Wars 9. <laughs> okay, well, let's get this out of the way. <laughs> that, was, then. That, that was early on. Right. Go on, go on, Jason boy. I thought it was a great conclusion to the sequel trilogy. Uh, a lot of people have, hate, have uh, I would say, valid hatred for, for, for this kind of installment. But I, I kind of sat down in the cinema. I just totally enjoyed it. Um, it, was, it was kind of fun, kind of. Uh, those fun scenes, those great characters, uh, Babu Freak. Uh, hey. I, 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 I thought the fates of the character that kind of made sense. Uh, I, I can see the valid criticisms of, of the fans, but I think it gets to a point where you're kind of looking too far into it. Uh, I, I fully enjoyed it, and I was fully satisfied at the end of it. I was like, ah, great, on to the next one. That's fair. I mean, I I, I came to see it with uh, you all in Southampton, and I enjoyed it at the time. But now I'm a bit more on the fence about it, because the more I've thought about it, the more I've been like, did I actually enjoy that, or was there just bits of it I enjoyed? I get get where you're coming from. I think my biggest issue I had with it, personally, was just that it was like, it felt like um, J.J. Abrams knew what they wanted from that trilogy when when they wrote The Force Awakens, and I like The Force Awakens, so I have nothing against JJ personally, as like a director or anything. But it was like, yeah. it was like he had an idea in The Force Awakens, so he did his mystery box thing, and he, and he was like, right, okay, whoever directs the next one, uh, will follow up on that. Ryan Johnson came Just in went and went shit all over hmm. it in a good way. So, no, so, yeah, yeah. Are you a fan of Last Jedi? I didn't like okay. it at first, and then I rewatched it a couple of times, and it, it really has properly grown on me. If you just want a side note for the listeners, if you listen to the previous podcast, there is a good 10 minutes we spent talking about The Last Jedi and Ryan Johnson. There you go. So Ryan Johnson just completely derailed JJ's original vision, but everyone was kind of like, okay, well, maybe Colin Trevorrow can work with what uh, Ryan did. Um, and then he released the book of Henry. Then he released the book of Henry, and Disney went, "Oh no, you can go away." <laughs> and um, then they were like, "Ah, safe bet. We'll pull JJ back on." Personally, so then, I would have given it to Ryan Johnson because yeah. he wrote his own Star Wars film, so he knew what he wanted to do. Yeah. And then for the Rise of Skywalker, my issue was the writing because they got the writer for Batman versus Superman and Justice League in. Yeah, exactly. He's called Chris Terrio, who wrote Argo, which was a really good yeah. film, and he won an Oscar for it. I also don't think it's really fair to judge that particular writer by just the fact that he's got one bad film attached to his name. Like, Save Martha, Will. Yeah, but I mean, how yes. much of that is probably the studio mandate? I don't know. I think one of the things. issues is when I looked at the credits, there was five people involved with the yeah. story writing. So it's not just one guy, is it? Or girl? or. So whatever. I think what Disney did, they rushed to get it out. Yeah. And they had... 
You've got two movies setting up different trajectories for all the characters. Yes, and I was talking to someone at work today and he said The Rise of Skywalker was three films in two and a half hours. Yeah, literally, that's what I was getting to, is that then they gave JJ this almost impossible task of having to close this this new trilogy when there's... The 42-year story. Yeah, and there's two films that are like going in complete opposite directions with where the characters should be going. One of which I personally think was going in a more interesting direction, but let's not go into that because we'll be here for days. <laughs> but like, I, ju- I think that Disney gave JJ an impossible task and told him to try and please everybody. But also the fact that they told him to do that kind of makes it that when JJ wasn't allowed to do certain things, it makes it so much more obvious. Like Finn and Poe should have ended up together. Mm. Finn and Poe should have been the first openly gay characters in Star Wars because even the actors wanted it. But then they did, they added everything that the fans complained about wasn't in The Last Jedi into The Rise of Skywalker, except for that. And it, oh, it was stupid. It, my, my issue is I want, I really want to like it, but there's like, there's some scenes that I thought were really good in it. Yeah, yeah. And no. it's, it just annoyed me at some of the flip-flopping how, yeah. spoiler alert, Kylo Ren was just suddenly good. Yeah, and that annoyed me because I was like, no, he's been a bastard for two and a half films. Why am I meant to forgive him right now after he's meant to have killed all these people? He killed Claude, for God's sake. Yeah, there's like some genuinely impactful moments, so I'll agree with you on that. One of my favourite moments of The Rise of Skywalker was, again, spoiler alert, is when Rey is confronting the Emperor and she sort of connects with all the past Jedi. That bit's really good. Like that, right, and I thought that right. was quite a powerful scene when they got all the cameos from yeah. all the prequels, from all the original, and even from the TV series as well. Yeah, because Fred from Scooby Doo was in it. Should we let Jason tell us what he thinks about Rise of Skywalker? Kind of, <laughs> sorry, just <laughs> uh, derailing number this. five spot. <laughs> this could have been a podcast in itself. I think I'm going to have to edit some of this out. Yeah. It's a bit much. Yeah. It's, uh, so, what I kind of like about the Rise of Skywalker is one how they dealt with Princess Leia. I thought that was a good. Uh, for what they have had footage-wise, I thought it was a good way to close off her character. Yeah, I think it had um, to happen that way, didn't it? Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't envy whoever's task it was to work all that archive footage and body double stuff into the film. So you can't really fault them for that. I thought kind of Ben Solo uh, again. Spoiler alert: He should have died, and he, he did. And a lot of people are angry that he did die, but he's he's a bad guy. He 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 has to die. Kind of that's how kind of. It, it, it could have ended any other way because yeah. of the amount of people he's killed. For him to survive, and, and the, as you said, Ed, to kind of forgive him for what he's done, um, it's kind of impossible to put him to, into that kind of good guy role, uh, no matter how much his mind was moulded by the Emperor or Snoke. On um, one hand, I'm not really a fan of appealing to the status quo, but if Kylo Ren is supposed to mirror Vader in some ways, Vader was redeemed and then died almost immediately after. So it makes sense that it happens to Kylo Ren as well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a massive uh, Kylo. Uh, Raylo. Uh, Raylo, that's it. Raylo. I was proper annoyed about the about, about the kiss. I was like, ah, you didn't have to do that. You kind of. They, they could have kept it an awkward Jedi side hug. Yeah, just all like a high five. That would have that would have worked. <laughs> I personally, I'd have killed them both off. Yeah, I yeah. thought there was. I thought they were going to be really, really ballsy, ballsy at one point if they both Ray. died. Yeah, but then we wouldn't have had the Skywalker meme. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, but I, I, we'll I, I, I think I, I, I liked this film more because of the reaction to it. 
the reason why I like Last Jedi more is because there was a there was a massive kind of criticism towards it. Like a lot of people hated Last Jedi, but they've it's kind of thrown it's kind of grown on a few people. Um, but uh, when when I watched uh, Rise of Skywalker, I was aware of kind of the fan backlash already. Um, so I was I was kind of massively surprised. It wasn't the film that I was told before I watched the film because uh, I, I again I can see the criticisms, I can see kind of the, the downfalls, but I don't see it as the worst Star Wars of all time. Oh no, that's Attack uh, of the Clones. Yeah, by far it's Attack of the Clones. So I I I, I fully enjoyed the film, and to me it seemed like a, a good way to end the trilogy. Um, there was there's a, there's a few things I, I could kind of put, could put forward to kind of help or kind of make it better to kind of end it or cap it off. But at the end of the day, uh, there's going to be more Star Wars films. There's going to be more spin-offs. There's going to be more kind of extended universe. So um, the, the kind of the, the anger will be short-lived, and we'll just move on. So there is. <laughs> so I'm going to go into my number five right now. <laughs> I'm gonna have to because I, c- so I can talk about Star Wars. That we could do a whole podcast on Star Wars. But anyway, my number five was a Netflix film. Oh, I think I know what this is. And it wasn't The Irishman because that was really boring. Oh, uh, spicy take! Just sliding oh. that one in there. This was a return to uh, the New Mexico Albuquerque, yeah. and it was El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. Boy, which I was very skeptical about it coming out. I was like, do we need this? I mean, it's a bit like Rogue One. You don't need it, but it was. Good. But I'm not upset that it exists. Uh, I loved it. I love Breaking Bad. I think it's the best TV series I've ever seen, and it was a nice little epilogue for the characters. My only issue is it with it is it's about seven years after it's finished, so they were yeah. noticeably different. Uh, they look different. Like the actors have obviously aged. Yeah, there's some inconsistencies, isn't there? And uh, but I thought it was a really good story, and it was just a good way to say goodbye to Jesse Pinkman. But it was quite a bittersweet way because it wasn't a happy ending at all. I think it was the happiest ending that a meth dealer turned good guy could possibly have. But I liked how he could never really get away from being a criminal because uh, to go and get the yeah. money, you have to go and shoot someone. And. Uh, it wasn't what I was expecting it to be. I would expect it to be more action-packed, and it was just a bit of a slow burner for two hours, which I really like, with shocking moments of violence in it. And uh, there was just a really great moment with a flashback as well, which I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. But yeah. I remember watching it with Will, and his jaw literally hit the floor <laughs> when something happened. And uh, you've seen it, haven't you, Jason? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, if you've seen the flashback scene, you'll know which bit I'm on about. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I kind of thoroughly kind of enjoyed it. Again, it, it probably wasn't necessary, but it was nice. It was nice to have. It was um, kind of a, again a, a slow two hours, um, but it was quite intense and it was quite, as you said, bittersweet. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was it was very good. Yeah, it was very much like a western as well. Because mm. western, not yeah. a lot happens in them. There's more. It's more of like a story. It's like a journey for the character, and then there's like a huge payoff or a gunfight at the end, which. There isn't a way in El Camino. Vince Gilligan's is obviously he's going to be one of those directors where I could literally watch anything he makes and I'd enjoy it. Yeah, like Ryan Johnson, Taika Waititi, James Gunn, Edgar Wright, James Mangold. Has he directed any feature-length stuff before this? No, but he needs to. No, because he he made the transition yeah. relatively smoothly. Like, yeah, I'd like to see him crack a, tackle a Star Wars film. Yeah, that'd be well good. But uh, anyway, 
I think we've said everything we can about Alchemy because I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. Yeah, it's 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 also our second film that has some sort of link with uh, Ryan Johnson. Ah, yeah, because Ryan Johnson directed a number of Breaking Bad episodes. The uh, the film industry is just one big uh, six degrees of separation with Ryan Johnson. <laughs> okay, so I think we're going to move on to number four. Number four. So go ahead, Jason. Uh, so. Th- this is a film I I've, I think I've only watched about two weeks ago, but um, it was released early 2019, and that's John Wick 3. Ah. Uh, I haven't um, seen John Wick 3. I've never... I, I only got halfway through John Wick 2 before I stopped watching because I got bored, but carry on. I have not seen any of them, so I won't comment. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll be quick, but it's just, it's just John Wick. Uh, it's just this great kind of action franchise, which kind of is a, a, you either love it or hate it. Um, it's, Ke- it's Keanu Reeves. This is kind of uh, bounty hunter, kind of hitman. Um, uh, John Wick uh, Three is kind of every single hitman and bounty hunter is against John Wick. It's just this crazy action-filled kind of two and a half, uh, two hours and ten minutes of just constant action, and it's just uh, kind of a lot of the kills are kind of inventive. Uh, the stunt work is fantastic, and it's just. And you can you can kind of tell Keanu kind of does a lot of his kind of uh, his own stunts because it's just kind of very up up close and personal. And there's there's kind of a few scenes that kind of mirror his kind of Matrix days. Um, and it's just it's just loud. It's fun. Uh, and you you can see that Keanu Reeves is having fun. The director's having fun. Um, it's just one big kind of action field uh, kind of franchise and. Uh, Usually, kind of with every sequel, that the quality kind of sometimes dissipates. But um, kind of John Wick has kind of uh, topped himself at every kind of every sequel, um, and they're, they're releasing a fourth one this year. Um, Next year, the fourth one, I believe, on the same day, as um, Matrix Four. That's it, um, and they're also doing a TV series as well, uh, which is going to be a prequel. Which so it's there's a lot of potential, hotel, isn't it? The TV series, yeah. Yes, yeah, so it's about the kind of the hotel, which is kind of this hotel where bounty hunters kind of stay um, and can conduct business. Well, so yeah. I'm not a massive fan of John Wick, but he's kind of sold me on that. The all the bounty hunters going after John Wick himself. It's 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 brilliant, um, and uh, Lawrence Fishburne is in the second and third one, so you get uh, a reunion, uh, kind of Matrix style. Um, I, I'd recommend to, to, to kind of watch it because again, it's, it's just fun and very consistent throughout. Um, I, I, I did watch kind of uh, the second and third one back to back a couple of weeks ago, and I just fantastic, fantastic films, and I'm looking forward to the sequel. I will check it out one day. I think. Yeah, same. I just kind of thought when I was watching, I tried to watch John Wick two recently, and I just kind of thought, once you've seen one death, I feel like you've seen them all. I, I I think two and three are on Netflix. Yeah, I will. T- I'll actually, I think... I'm going to check them out. I probably will. I'll, I might buy them when they're just one big box set one day. Yeah, but I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to the TV series because the TV series about the hotel sounds uh, kind of pretty cool. So. Yeah, so I'm going to do my number four and my fourth uh, place on this consists of dirty feet and strong bloody violence. Ah, uh, yes. And it is once upon a time, dot dot dot, in Hollywood. Which, 
is that Quentin Tarantino's ninth film, I think. And the only Tarantino film I've seen in the cinema. Which is, uh, I, I love this. I'm a big fan of Tarantino's films. I've seen all of his last few films. Now that I've been old enough. I think the first 18 I saw at the cinema was Django Unchained in 2012. I think this was my first 18, actually. And um, I say I'm old enough. I'm 26. I've been old enough for years. And um, well, 26 in March. And uh, I loved it. I thought it was a really great story. Again, another slow burner. Because not much happens in this film until the last 20 minutes. Yeah, it's just a lot of people going about their day for the most part, isn't it? Yeah, and my favourite part of this film is Brad Pitt. No, he's, no, he's some stupid than the that. best character in this. Leonardo DiCaprio was good, but not as good as Brad Pitt. And my favourite scenes with Leonardo, with Leonardo DiCaprio was when he was acting as his characters. Yeah. I thought they were much better than the bits where he was just playing himself. Do you know why you remember Brad Pitt more than Leonardo DiCaprio? Because Leonardo DiCaprio, what's going Because he's a has-been. <laughs> <laughs> it's fish, old buddy. But um, I just, it, was really, it was just a really great story and I felt the ending was quite poignant because my issue with this was I thought Tarantino is the last director I want to see tackled the Manson murders. Yeah. Because he won't do it in a tasteful fashion. But in this, it's the first time I've ever actually felt emotional watching a Quentin Tarantino film because you finally got to give Sharon Tate the life she deserved in it. Yeah, it's like and kind of an alternative reality, isn't it? Yeah, and he does yeah. that quite a few times in his film because he's done it with Inglorious Bastards. Which feels like unusually tasteful for Tarantino. Yeah, and I just throughout the whole film, when you kept seeing all the Manson gang and like Charles Manson himself, yeah, I just had this horrible feeling. It's just like I don't want to see her get murdered, and like when you saw she was heavily pregnant as well. Yeah, like, if, you know, if you know the background of what had happened, which I'm not going to go into because it's horrible. Yeah, it's a bit grotesque, isn't it? But I like I, I love the ending, and I've never been in a cinema before where people have cheered at a person being killed by a flamethrower. But um, I think one of my issues is, as me and Will both spoke about this after we'd seen the film is. The, women, the violence towards women in Tarantino films seems to be dialed up to 11 yeah, it's compared dis- to violence toward men. Yeah, disproportionately so. Or at least it, it's dwelled upon much more than... like. I, I guess you could maybe make the argument that violence against men in films is... Just seen as standard. It's expected at this point. So when it's... So what, what, he might be getting at that, yeah. and fair play to him if he is. But also, it, it also doesn't change the fact that the violence against the women does feel excessive. Like, that's the thing. But I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I thought it was I really the good. ending, especially when Brad Pitt, when he smoked that um, acid-dipped uh, spliff. <laughs> you just kind of thought, oh, no, it's going to be like a Tarantino ending. No, it's going to be weird. It's going to be full of blood. And it was. It was very Tarantino. But uh, did you see the film, Jason? I, I have not, no. I've, oh. I'm, I'm like, I've got like a massive backlog of Tarantino films. I just I need to find the time to go see them. Yeah, like um, I, I won't say any much more about it then. Because uh, it's it's, just, it's funny, like um, for the first, it's the first time I've ever felt emotional watching a Tarantino film, with the whole Sharon Tate uh, subject matter, which yeah, yeah. Like, he does it in a surprisingly, for him, tasteful manner. But if I'm, you haven't I'm, seen it, I don't want to say anything more about I'm, it. I'm intrigued. I've I've only heard good things. So I'll, I would I'll take set it aside on. a whole afternoon to watch it because I think it's nearly <laughs> three. It's a nearly three-hour film. Yeah, I think it's two hours forty-five. Yeah, but it doesn't like feel that. like it. No, no. I no when we went to see it, I was like, nothing's happened in this film. Ah, yeah. so four hours but, short than the Irishman. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I remember looking at my phone. And I was like, oh, we're near the end. This is, and if a film's done that to me, then yeah, fair play. It's a good film. 
<laughs> so you're number three, D- Jason. So my number three, which has been horribly snubbed by the Oscars, uh, and that's Us by Jordan Peele. I, I would probably put this in an honourable mention. Like, it'd be going in, If I was to do a top ten, it would be number yeah. six or seven. I, 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 I love... I love my horror films, and I've I've watched a few th- th- this year, and I, I just I just love what Jordan Peele is doing at the moment. Uh, kind of, I think it's probably biggest alpha. It was released too early in the year, to, and sometimes films that get released kind of January February time they kind of get forgotten about. It's um, just before the Oscars to... as well, isn't it? That yeah, so it's, it was a very peculiar time to kind of release it. But I I just it's it's not as good as as Get Out his kind of uh, I still debut. It. But um, the kind of performances in it, the uh, kind of the kind of story is kind of fairly unique, and there's a lot of rabbits in it. Which uh, I, I just think it's an, an, another fantastic horror film. Kind of uh, it's film that makes you think. And yeah, I like uh, that because he did that with Get Out as well. Also nice to see a horror film led by black people, um, black people when and usually they survive. usually in horror films black people are included as cannon fodder. So that's always nice to have the, fl- the, As the script flipped a bit. The wonderful 2003 film Evolution. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. See? Yeah, evolution was there evolution way ahead of us. Evolu- well, yeah. Well, well, for a bit. <laughs> maybe between the years of 2003 and 2004. 2003 uh, and 2003. Uh, <laughs> I reckon Jordan Pill should direct the sequel to Evolution. I think uh, Orlando Jones, just a side note, Orlando Jones should just be in everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, to me with us, I, I didn't enjoy it as much as Get Out. I thought it was a great film, but I felt Lupita Nyong'o's performance was better than the actual film itself. Kind of like, a, like uh, uh, The Joker, I guess. It, yeah. The Joker is only good because of Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Um, it was great in that film. Just yeah, going back to what we were saying about the joke. For anyway. me, I saw us with you, didn't we? we went and watched it together. Um, I enjoyed it like quite a lot. I really, really enjoyed it. There were a few points but, that lost us though. Like, yeah, you know, what, the that's what I was getting America. to. I didn't. I understood what Get Out was trying to say after the f- like first couple of watches, and this might be down to me being white, so not understanding what it's like to experience these things because I understand at least from my perspective and doing a bit of reading on them, that a lot of Jordan Peele's films in a roundabout way usually end up being about what the experience of being black, black in America is like. Yeah. But, so obviously I could never claim to know what that's like. But I feel like at certain points in Us, he was maybe trying to say multiple things at once and the messages ended up getting a little bit muddled because uh, there were points where I was like, okay, I kind of understand what you're saying, but I don't... I don't understand it entirely. Like the hands across America thing had me completely baffled. I had no idea what that was supposed to be. It had one of my favourite scenes of last year though, when um they were trying to get to the car and the family saw them across that fire. Yeah. And the little boy got his spoiler, he gets his doppelganger killed by walking backwards so the other boy version of him walks into the fire. Yeah. That was horrible, but it was really well done. Yeah, I, I remember think, I remember watching that bit and being like, ah, that's really clever. And what really annoyed me is the, t- the Thriller t-shirt she gets is really good. Mm. But then I was like, oh, that t-shirt looks really good. And then that Michael Jackson documentary came out and I was like, mm, maybe I'm not going to get that t-shirt now. <laughs> I, I, I just love it when there's when there's a good horror film, has a good budget, good cast, good performances. Um so anytime that happens, because it is a rarity, and that's why I kind of like uh, Get Out and It. 
few years ago. Yeah, um, well, I was and I'm just to my a... brother last night. Horror film. I was saying horror seems to be in a good place, but my brother made a really good point. He just said, "No, we've just been drip fed the good horror films." Yeah, because <laughs> there's most oh, yeah. horror films. Oh yeah, yeah. If you go on, if you go on Netflix and just go into the, the horror genre, uh, there is some gash. There is there is some yeah. awful, awful films that should have never got made, but that that that's that's horror. I I I, I love the genre. It's kind of my favorite. Uh, so I said when when yep. one good egg comes out, uh, I always kind of like to herald it and say, "Yeah, and I did fully enjoy it." Well, I've I've got into horror mostly because I've studied it. Uh, studying film, you have to watch it. And living with you, you were telling me to watch horror films, so I did. Like we we watched the Babadook last night. Yep, and that oh, barely anything happened film. in that film. And it I was it's the first time in a while I've watched a horror film and actually been creeped out by it. But I. We'll talk about the Babadook in another podcast one day, I'm sure, because I yes. would love to talk about it in more detail. Uh, absolutely. Um, while we're on the subject of horror, my number three is also a horror film. Oh, boy. And it, uh, I got this as a gift for Christmas, so I've only watched it very recently, but it yeah. left quite an impression on me. And it was Midsummer. Yes, it's, it's still a film that I've not gone around, not gone around to watching yet. But it's uh, also come with a director's cut, so I'm looking forward to, you know, once I've let the dust settle with it for a while. It's not a film I could easily just, like, right, now I'm going to watch the director's cut, because it's already a two-and-a-half-hour film. And yeah. I feel like for a horror film, that's sort of pushing the boundaries a bit too much for... Because, like I said, with The Babadook, it was an hour and a half. Yeah. And you could easily just watch that and just get on with your day. But with with, the, with Midsummer, I had to set up a whole afternoon, because I was like, I may have to pause it just to sort of, like have a breather because it's a very intense film mm. and what i like about it's like midsummer it's quite a realistic horror film now, it's about these people who go to uh, their it's about these students from america who go to their friend's village in sweden and they have their, their midsummer festival and i'm not gonna i don't i'm not gonna say anything about the plot because i didn't know anything about the film i just got it i sat for it for christmas on a recommendation from a family friend yeah, it needs to be seen, I guess. I haven't yeah. seen it yet, and but it's I just will do. So, it's not scary, it's just unnerving. And uh, it uh, uses uh, it uses gore in a really inventive way, whereas you get shit like Saw and other films that use torture yeah. porn. And uh, they just use it just to shock you. Well, this is shocking, because, again, the first time in a while I've actually felt a bit queasy watching something in it that's yeah. very, very visceral when it happens. And I was like... Surely they're not going to show that. Oh my God, they've shown it. And it's like my stomach actually turned upside down watching it. Yeah. And I was um, like, this is a good film. And it's just fucked up. And it does a really interesting thing as well, where it shows it with this pagan cult. I guess that's what they are in this film. A cult. Yeah, <laughs> occult. And um, they tell stories through murals and stuff like that. And at the start of the film, this mural appears on stage. Oh, not on stage, on screen. Spoopy. And I was like, oh, well, that's the plot of the film, but I have no idea what <laughs> it says. And there's like some really like weird Easter eggs. You have to keep an eye on the background. And once you've watched it, Jason, let me know, because I want to see if you've noticed a few things that I've Yeah. Seen. Yeah. But um, uh, have, have you watched his uh, Hereditary? No, I bought this on DVD the other, yesterday, because I bought uh, the Babadook in Hereditary from CEX for about £6. You mean sex? I do mean sex. <laughs> but uh, that is on my list of films to see. But I, unfortunately, I've had it spoiled by a few people who've already seen it. I've, I've not seen it and yet. And I've like been so. going th- past things on Twitter and there's just been like a still from it, which has annoyed me. Mm. But uh, I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen... I've just seen stuff out of context. 
This is the modern film going experience. If you don't see it the moment it comes out, it just gets candidly yeah. spoiled for you yeah, on Twitter. No, it's at just some point. I try and see films like Avengers, Endgame, and Star Wars as quickly as possible before yeah. everyone yeah, ruins but it for me. Those, there's no way those would ever fly under your radar, is there? Whereas something like Hereditary or Midsummer may well fly under your radar. Yeah, I, I, I planned to go and see Midsummer last summer Wait. when it came out, but it was that awfully hot day when it was like 36 oh, degrees God. and I was like I don't want to be sat in the <laughs> cinema all day and then went into the cinema in the evening because it was going to be cold and the air conditioning had broke yeah it was still hot and we saw a Toy Story 4 yeah I was going to say also a very good film but um, yeah that's what I'm going to say about Midsummer. it's unnerving it's creepy and it's realistic as well to an extent yeah it's like some bits where I just kind of and there's one bit that's just really scary in it not because it's like horror based you hear something and it's done from, and it's repeated from the perspective of every other character. So they all yeah. hear this thing, but it cuts to each one every time the sound hears, and it's just like, you know what's happened, but you're not sure what has happened in a way. Yeah, you 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 kind of guessing what's happened, and it's just like not scared. It's more chilling because I remember watching yeah, it. It's yeah. just kind of like I noticed like my hands were the. Uh, like goosebumps and stuff like that but not because I was excited just because I was nervous <laughs> and you were starting to retract into the fetal position yeah I was I kept having to pause it and just go for a drink and a walk around the house it's like <laughs> I think there's some uh, that's my favourite kind of horror film I hate jump scares they're just cheap and they're cheap shit. and they completely they destroy lit in the most literal sense because they're basically an explosion they destroy any of the tension I, pre- I prefer something that's unnerving because I think something that's unnerving is much more acute than something that's like kind of outright scary which is why Get Out is incredible as well yeah and it like lingers with you for longer where like when a film gives you that kind of atmosphere of just everything's mostly normal but the stuff that isn't normal is so sort of obviously wrong that you just start it's Uncanny Valley is what it is essentially and And I I, I think it, it too kind of failed at that it kind of relied too much on jump scares and forgot yeah. about the tone of the film the atmosphere come along uh, fat boy it's <laughs> <laughs> then uh, uh, so number two so number two uh, it's Avengers Endgame ah well my number two is also Avengers Endgame so <laughs> ah excellent <laughs> the uh, biggest film of all time what yes, uh, uh, box office wise box office wise yeah box office wise and is probably it... kind of culturally probably up there was it still more expensive than Pirates of the Caribbean 3? Well, yeah, because they filmed in Infinity War and Endgame were meant to be parts one and part two, so it was filmed right. as one film. Both so Disney it, properties. It had a budget of about six, 500, 600 million, oh, I think. But uh, I, get, I try to separate blockbuster films to like these other films, but I just thought you couldn't leave Endgame out of this list. No. No, no. It, it was my number one until another film came out last year. It's far too much of a cultural touchstone I mean, to have like I to ignore it. Every second of it. Yes. And I even betrayed Jason and the boys <laughs> to go and see it two days earlier. I, I saw it with you, didn't I? We I saw see it, it with Will and I was day. like, don't put anything on Facebook because I've meant to go and see this with Jason and everyone. And then when we met up, I was like Guys, I have a confession to make. I've already seen Endgame. Yeah, we, we, we got there for, was it 11am? Yeah, we thought, let's go at 11. It'll be quiet. And it wasn't. It was, it was not. It was, it was full. There was a child there who I know who comes into work as a customer with his grandma. And I was like, hang on, you should be in school. <laughs> <laughs> and he was sat next to me in this line. I was like, was it like, oh, the, Chuck- was it like the Chuck E. Cheese rat meme where it's just like, 
looking at you and then looking <laughs> <Yeah>. away. Because <laughs> like, this kid, he comes and talks to me about films at work and he asked to see my Star Wars tattoos and asked me about what it was like working on Star Wars. He's a really cool kid, actually. That is, that's a wholesome experience. Yeah, he was like, he, he saw me at the cinema and was like, did you enjoy Avengers? And I was like, I, I fucking loved it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> How old is he? Must be about 10. Oh, like, I love that. Friday? It must have been half term. It was Easter holidays. It would holidays. have been a Thursday, That'll be why. It? it was Easter holidays. But um, it was just an incredible film. Yeah. There was a moment in it. I've not I've not felt like that since I saw Return of the King at the cinema. And that came out in 2003. We all know what bit you're and talking it was, about, uh, don't we? I think everyone in the world has seen Endgame at this point, so it's not really spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. Just, the Avengers Assemble scene was just incredible. I was going to say, like, you know, oh, even even everyone's grandma's seen it, but our granddad has actually seen Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> He's watched it with us. Yeah, he watched it with us. I, think, I actually think I saw Endgame less at the cinema than I did Infinity War, though. I think I only Infinity s- War four times. At yeah, same. Endgame three times. I think I only, I only saw Endgame once, I think. It's just so good. It was really... It's 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 an absolutely cracking It's a blockbuster film. That I've never... It's just like, again, superhero films. I've never really felt emotional watching it. See, I have a slightly... I don't know if spicy is the term. Maybe kind of a mild coma of an opinion about Infinity War, <laughs> which is like... I liked it the first time I watched it. Like, I really liked it. And then the more I watched Infinity War, Infinity War, the more I became kind of aware of the cracks in the film. You know, like, when I was watching it and I realised that there's literally a point where the film goes for a good 20 minutes just without you ever seeing Doctor Strange or Iron Man, who are, like, two of the big hitters in the film. And... And I still like Infinity War, but I think it has so much to do in that one film that it was always, compared to Endgame, going to be maybe the weaker film of yeah, the two. Endgame's contained because it has about eight main characters Endgame's, in it rather than Infinity War. Endgame's cast size is shrunk by virtue of half the characters being dead at the start, which means that the narrative is just much more sort of... Is cogent the word to use? You yeah. can tell what... It's a lot more streamlined... And I like how the film kind of goes through phases where you have the kind of almost 28 days later vibe at the start that then kind of gradually shifts into um, like the, the heist movie. I, then I into it the, was a heist film. Yeah. And that's why I think it worked with Ant-Man being in it because Ant-Man is a, both the Ant-Man films are heist movies. And it had the single most important character in any Marvel the film. The rat. The rat that released uh, Ant-Man. But uh, <laughs> It's probably the most culturally groundbreaking film since I'd say Titanic. Yeah, and it's it's the only Marvel Maybe Lord film of the Rings. I can think of where the visual effects all across the board are consistent. I don't good. think there's a single disappointing effect in the film. I can't <laughs> think of one off the top of my head. And what about the suit? Yeah. Wait, yeah. But um, my only criticism is it of it is if I was to be bored watching it, it would be. I remember watching it for like the third time at the cinema, and I was like, "Oh, Black Widow still hasn't died yet." Yeah. Oh wow. And I, was like, <laughs> I still, I still I wish it bit. wasn't Black Widow that died. Yeah, it should have been in Hawkeye. Because he's really boring. <laughs> oh, but, um, I loved like the how it was set five years later and like the how some characters evolved. Like, yeah. yeah. Broke. It was but it was a ballsy move <laughs> to have it set, having had the characters lived in that post Thanos world for five yeah. years. That was a really good move, I think. It's just it's it's just Oh, it's just fine. I was I was enjoying the <laughs> listening. It was uh, just it was a, a satisfying conclusion, which is quite rare uh, for a lot of these kind of big kind of franchises and trilogies. Especially one that spanned twenty three movies. Mm. Exactly. Well, you, we can look at uh, Star Wars Nine and kind of the criticism it had 
about concluding this 42-year kind of journey, uh, Endgame did it perfectly. Uh, it kind of it, it kind of started with kind of Iron Man, and spoiler alert, but everyone should have seen it by now. If it made almost three billion at uh, box office, it, it kind of ends with Iron Man. So it was quite a, a nice book-ended uh, for for kind of those 23 movies. I, I, again, it was fun. Uh, it was consistent, emotional, um, and at the end of it, I felt like the journey was over. Um, so there's there's a lot of kind of pressure for the next kind of step, the the, the phase four. But I was it was just it was fantastically perfect. Um, I have yeah, seen I it in IMAX it. though. It was better, especially with the battle scene at the end when they're all coming through the portals. Yeah. Ah. Anytime I hear the thing now, I'm like, oh. Yeah, I was was literally just going to say about the music. It's probably one of Alan Silvestri's best. Like, Portals is absolutely cracking. It was excellent. Like, I think me and you were speaking about what we wanted Phase 4 and onwards-wise, weren't we, where we said that because you can't really have a threat bigger than someone who ultimately decides to decimate the entire universe to rebuild it in his image. So me and you were saying that we hope that, like, the next sort of big bad in the MCU is kind of like a more grounded villain, maybe yeah, something a bit more now human. X Men and Fantastic Four in it. I'd like maybe Magneto or Doctor Doom yeah. be like the main well, central villain now, th- or Norman Osborn. Well, in 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 canon, the most powerful man uh, in Marvel comics is Doctor Doom. Yeah, because he uh, has the Infinity Gauntlet at one point. Yeah, yeah. and I, I would like Galactus. He he eats planets. That's a, that's a pretty. Uh, <laughs> I know, but it's just kind of thing. Once you've done the big space threat, if you do yeah. another one, it's just a bit of a cop out. I think if you yeah, do no, the same you thing again, it needs to be a more Let's contained, go. realistic villain. I, I think. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. Same way, kind of like um, the Joker is in the Dark Knight. It's but, like what, like a major threat that comes from a very real place. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think they could easily do that with Magneto or Doctor Doom in upcoming yeah, yeah. Marvel films. So I'll be interested to see what they do, but um, I'm going to go number one because I have a feeling number one is the same. Our number ones are the same. Okay. And I suspect. Suspect foul oh, play. play. <laughs> Sweet beans. <laughs> and it all comes back to Ryan Johnson. It does. Again, Ryan Johnson again. Six degrees of goddamn separation. <laughs> like how our radio show always came back to Zack Snyder. <laughs> again, if it exists, there's a Zack Snyder cut of it somewhere. Yeah, um, we've spoken about knives out. Release previously. the Snyder cut of knives out. <laughs> we've spoken about <laughs> knives out previously on this podcast, but let's talk about it again. And it was I'm here now, and I can ramble about it. It was a great who done it. Yeah, I love a who done it. I love Ryan Johnson. I went into it not expecting an awful lot. I just went because I think it was one of our rare kind of whole family trips to the trips cinema. to the cinema, and we were like, "Well, what can we pick that Mum and Dad will probably like?" as well and we ended up I, I went into it expecting it to be kind of like a, a coming out going yeah that was pretty good and I came out holy shit like, that I, was amazing I turned to you at the end and was like that is actually the best film I've seen this all year, year. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it completely it's like Endgame was number one for me until and Knives then out. Knives Out came in and just absolutely fucking yeeted that thing out of the park and was like nah mate I just loved it every character in it was excellent even if they were awful yeah, yeah. Uh, the story was great. There was many a twist. I like how what all uh, and uh, it's obviously said outright in the film, but I appreciated I think it. We should keep this one spoiler free. 
Because this is another film Ooh, actually, that yeah. has to be spoken about. You need to know nothing about it going into it. <laughs> I think we could probably tread lightly around it. All right, I'll try and not reveal too much, but one of my favourite things in the film is that there's a point where... What's the... Blanc? What's his name? Benoit Blanc. Benoit, Benoit Blanc. Blanc. He says to sort of the main character, I suppose, look, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just surrounded by dickheads. And the main... The real, the only real thing to say here is that you're kind. Keep being kind, and I just, yeah. I really liked that. I, thought I also nice think it was a touch. bit of an f, uh, of a middle finger up to the haters of the Last Jedi as well. Yeah, there were a couple of moments where I picked up on that. We're talking about like the Twitter keyboard warriors and yeah. stuff, and <laughs> the, I was like, huh? The little nasty boy masturbating in the toilet. <laughs> 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 what, what are you doing, swatting more Syrian refugees? <laughs> but it was just a. Uh, it was just good fun. I remember when it finished, I was like, I don't want this to end. No, just because of I was enjoying it so much. And like I said, it was also, as as funny as it was, it was also really sad. Yeah. Like when you saw what some of the characters were resorting to in terms of blackmail against other characters. Yeah. And it was a, quite a political film as well, I think. Like in terms of the political climate in America with like Donald Trump and co. Yeah, it leans. It it leans and how the very rich are just bastards. Yeah, at the very least, it's like a liberal film. It's like centre left. Yeah, and I think Ryan Johnson has absolutely no shame in being like that. But uh, it's yeah. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It's also out on yeah. DVD very soon as well, which I'm glad and to see. There is a rumored sequel in the works as well. So I'd love to. Be... I'd love Benoit Blanc to have a completely different accent that they just don't address in the sequel. <laughs> see later. Like, what I hope is that they they need to make sure they don't go down the same route as Pirates of the Caribbean because the issue they made with those films was that the first film was really good because Jack Sparrow wasn't the main character. He was this kind of quirky yeah. side character that is really funny, but because he's not in every scene, so you value the scenes that he's in a lot more. So what they need to make sure they do with each following film if they decide to do sequels to Knives Out is to have a character that's engaging like the main character was, who's kind of propped up by the sort of almost zany presence of Benoit Blanc because he's he's just very strange. Like that bit where he's describing how the case is like a donut. Yeah. And it's like... It's a donut. It's, a... <laughs> it's like, who talks like I that? I remember watching that bit and I was like, <laughs> what the fuck's he had about? And then when you realise the knives are in shape as a donut. Yeah. And it's like... I remember leaning to you and I was like, the knives are shaped as a donut. And you were like, what? Is and it? I, I was like, uh, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely Daniel Craig's best film. Yeah. Even if it is far. the worst accent I've ever heard. Yeah, but it's. No, it's I, so I'm, great, though. That accent has to be bad on purpose. I'm sure you maybe. Talk like, to me like that forever, <laughs> and I'd be absolutely fine with it. It's like, it's like, I'm sure that he just sort of went to Ryan Johnson and was like, Can I do this? What if I uh, spoke like this for the whole <laughs> film? And Ryan Johnson was like, Yeah, right. Hell fucking yeah, dude. Go yeah. Like with Samuel L. Jackson in Kingsman, he wasn't meant to have a lisp. Yeah, and, and he, he just, just did it on set. And it stuck. But Or it stuck. <laughs> I, just, I, I hope there's a sequel. I hope they don't overdo it. Yeah. I'd like to see like a trilogy. But it's just kind of like with a, how original and twisty and turny it was. How can you top it? Well, we're trying with, to do the same thing with Ryan Johnson's kind of uh, kind of portfolio. I I, I have faith. Um, yeah. yeah, he has a good he has a good batch of films to his name. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. So me too. Yeah, um, I think that's it for best films. Is there any uh, some good films there? 
Like in a mostly disappointing year for films, I'd say. Uh, if we're going to shout some honourable mentions, Toy Story 4 was Toy good. Toy Story 4 us yeah. would be my honourable mention. Yeah. Uh, Rocketman. Oh, I forgot about Rocketman. Excellent. Yeah, Rocketman was good. Very good yeah. film. It was in my top five for a while, but knocked out by John Wick. So. Yeah. It's just one of those things that happens. As but... are most things that come into contact with uh, John Wick. John Wick, yeah. Uh, was there any TV you liked last year, Jason? See, I'm, I'm really awful with TV. Uh, it takes me about nine years to watch a TV show. Same. Um, so, um, oh, I'll like, watch loads of episodes of it, stop all of a sudden, and then come back to it two years later and finish it. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Game of Thrones was disappointing. Uh, oh, we don't talk about that. So disappointed. It's lost its cultural relevance. I know. It's, no it's one, got one no. Emmy nomination. How? And like, for the last 10 years, it's just been like sweeping the board with it. How did you yeah. even get one? It sounded like... I think it was one Emmy. Oh, it might have won one Emmy. Didn't one of the screenwriters go on on record saying something really stupid like, oh, themes, those are for eighth grade book reports or something stupid like that. Well, it, was like... it was a very rushed TV series, this one, because they wanted to yeah. do a Star Wars film, which they've been fired from because of how bad Game of Thrones was or ended. And they were doing another TV series for Netflix. Mm-hmm. Were if the South had won the Civil War, called Confederate, which has oh. now also been cancelled by Netflix. It See, the issue is that sounds like it would have been kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, everyone's like, oh, what an awful idea. I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, some other ones in mine, mind, I really enjoyed the Umbrella Academy. I've not seen that yet. Yeah, yeah it's, it's on my list. On a Gerard Way graphic novel, which I got for Christmas and really looking forward to finishing. And it was a fun, quirky superhero. Gerard Way had a good 2019, didn't he? He did. He released the Umbrella Academy, probably made millions from that release, and then got back together with My Chemical Romance. And, yeah. Um, Are we allowed to mention TV shows that are from before 2019 but had seasons that came out this year? Probably, are you going to say Dairy Girls? No. Although, (laughs) thank you for reminding me of Dairy Girls, because I do really like Dairy Girls. No, um, Tuca and Bertie. Is really, good. really good. But uh, two series that I really enjoyed last year. Both been mini series, aren't getting second series. Well, thankfully for one of them. Uh, Chernobyl. Shit, I, I forgot know. about that. Yeah, yeah, I watched that. That was good. That was. <laughs> uh, Creeping Dread of the Show. Yeah, I remember when we were just like, let's binge watch it in one night. And then yeah, we watched one, and I was like, I can't watch it. I think, more what was it? <laughs> Did we do episode one, episode two? Episode three standalone the next day because holy shit, that's a difficult episode to watch. Yeah, and then I think we did four and five back to back. It was just a phenomenal TV what, show. What and Jared Harris, man, and what's his name, Stellan Skarsgård, absolutely like fantastic, like both of them. It's just great. There was a weak episode, and mm. I never thought I would be as intense as the ninety seconds of people shoveling concrete off a roof. Longest ninety oh, seconds oh, of my life. God, yeah. Which I was like, my buttocks were clenched. Mine clenched so hard they became one solid buttock. (laughs) And uh, my other TV show I really enjoyed was Years and Years, which was written by Russell T. Davis, which Ah. is shockingly shockingly relevant. Old Rusty himself. Uh, It's just basically a TV show set in today's climate that goes over 10 years. It goes from 2019 to 2039, I want to say. So yeah, and yeah, it's just we need to rise up and kill the fascist, basically. Yeah, and also <laughs> make sure that people don't start using technology as a means to invade. It's very Black Mirror esque, actually. Yeah, it's better than Black Mirror, yeah. I think. I think 
my only issue with it is that it kind of plays into that thing that Black Mirror does sometimes where yes there's a lot of stuff that you can do with technology that is like quite scary but I also don't think that every technological advancement will always progress to the worst case scenario. What if you have random battery? Yeah but do you know what I mean? It's kind of like you know it a lot of it is kind of within the realms of possibility, but yeah, I also feel like... actually show technology can be used for good, if used Oh, the, 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 there's yeah. one Black Mirror episode that's uplifting. The, is it uh... San Junipero? Yeah. I love kind San of. Junipero. Yeah, yeah. Never seen that, is, that, oh, that is a fantastic episode. But it, I love that kind of... Where it still managed to have that kind of twisty element to it, where you were like, oh, shit, yeah. and But then also, like, the twist was revealed that it could be bad... But also yeah. the overall, it's regarded as a good thing. Yeah, uh, I love San Junipero. It gave me the fuzzies, which is unusual for Black yeah. Mirror. Yeah, but whenever Black Mirror kind of ends on a happy ending, that's the big twist of like, oh, that's it's <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I feel happy instead of crushingly sad. <laughs> right. um, I think we should uh, wrap it up there. Also, BoJack Horseman season six part one, cracking. Check it out. Yeah, uh, uh, those, uh, I've been watching The Good Place, Stranger yes. Things. Season three, that was that was good. You know, there has been good shows, but I'm really crap at kind of keeping up with TV shows uh, because if someone like asked me to watch a TV show, I'm like, yeah, sure, in two years' time. Like, <laughs> but, um, anyway, I think we should wrap it up there for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Dope. And uh, we'll <laughs> see you next time. Next time. Excellent stuff. Goodbye. All right, that's a take.